Electric vehicles are coming. Well, shoot, they're here, right? So if you are thinking about getting certified with an EV, or if you are EV certified and you're thinking you really want to niche down and have the majority of the cars that you work on be EVs, well, today is for you. We're talking with Steve Baker, and he not only talks about how they've niched down in the EV world, but how their processes and procedures have really got to be on point to help the shop in general work better, flow better, be more efficient. The customer's happy. They make more money per RO. I mean, this is the good stuff, guys. This is why we do this so that we can all be better, do better. So check it out. Steve Baker, Windermere Collision Center, coming right up. Welcome to Body Bangin', your podcast for all things body. Auto body, that is. And now, introducing Body Bangin's host, Mickey Woods of Mickey Woods Marketing. Mickey is a former auto collision center owner and is now a marketing and business development expert to shops across the globe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Body Bangin' Podcast. By the time you're watching this, episode 100 already went live, which is crazy, super exciting that this show has been going on now for so long and we hit our 100th episode. Super proud of that. So grateful for all of you that listen in every other week. Seriously, because without you, why would I be doing this? (laughs) Anyway, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes that go live. Or if you're watching on or listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also follow the podcast. One thing you could do, which would be awesome is if you're on Apple Podcasts, you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can actually write a review for the podcast. So if you're loving it, share that with everybody. Five stars, right? We love a good review. Anyway, today we've got my buddy Steve Baker on the show, finally. Hello, Steve Baker. Good evening, and thank you for having me on. Yeah. So Steve Baker is with Windermere Collision Center out in Winter Garden, Florida where you're enjoying the beautiful sunshine while the rest of the country is freezing. It is 70 degrees and there are palm trees everywhere. We love it. Love it, yes. So Steve's been in the industry, if you don't know him, he's been in the industry for a long time. And you've seen a lot of interesting things through your years, I'm sure. And the thing that I was talking with Steve about, and Steve's got great stories. I mean, we could talk for a long time, but the thing that they're doing at Windermere that I think is really cool that I'm talking to a lot of shops about right now is finding your niche. Like some people are like certification niche. Like I'm going to get as many certifications or I'm only going to get the high-end certifications. And then we've got this niche that Steve and his team are part of where it's the EV niche. And I know that's something that's becoming really popular. How's it going over there with that? It is exciting. It's challenging. It's good. It's it's a lot of things. <laughs> um, indeed. So I just want to back up and you know say thank you very much again for having me on. It's yeah. an honor. I've been listening to your podcast. Our team has listened to a number of them together. And uh, you know, we we appreciate you. And I I would say that you are making a difference. Thank you. Yeah. That's Thank, you. That. Thank you for what you're doing. Of course. So, so bringing it back in here, we are working on electric cars. We're excited about the electric cars. 
we are challenged by the electric cars. And um, in the big picture, it's it's being really good. So I would say, you know, a lot of shops are not interested, maybe afraid, maybe not ready, um, not trained. But the investment has been made here and the training and everything. So we're excited about it. Um, we've got... We've got a lot of Teslas. We'll talk about certifications a little bit. So we're certified with Tesla, certified with Lucid, certified with Rivian, along with a host of additional certifications. But since we're talking about the electrics, like it's it's good. It's good. And in Florida, I can't speak for every market. I came here from South Carolina. There were not as many electrics right. there. Right. But here in Florida, like I heard it's the second largest uh, market for EVs in the United States. And I can tell you that when I'm driving down the road or going home or going to lunch or going anywhere, I see Teslas and Lucids and Rivians everywhere. And it kind of blows my mind. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's probably similar to California because I know here, maybe California is the number one spot, I would imagine, uh, especially with the laws yeah. we have here. And they're everywhere. I don't have one. I feel like I'm the oddball. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So they're everywhere. You guys put in the money to get the certifications, to do the trainings, to get the toolings. And I got to tell you guys, if you've never seen the shop, Windermere Collision Center, it's gorgeous. I mean, the facility itself is beautiful. They really spent time, effort, money to make this thing look like it looks. And now they're doing so well, they're expanding, which I mean, come on. You guys were already awesome. Now you're expanding, taking on the world. Yes, ma'am. I love yes, it. Ma'am. So we're actually building a new building. It's next door to our current building. It's two stories. And so we're going to be doing a lot of very cool stuff in here. It's got the Cymax system. And there's a lot that we're excited about. Yes. Very exciting. So... Let's back up a little bit because the shops that are thinking about going this direction, first of all, I've heard, I talked talk to a lot of people. So it's kind of cool because I get to hear a lot of stories and sometimes they line up and sometimes they don't. But one thing that they say, like if you're going to get into EV, typically they recommend having some other certifications first because it kind of helps you get used to the idea of like purchasing the equipment, following the, you know, being more careful with the OE repair procedures, that kind of stuff. Is that how you guys got into it as well? So Tesla was the, our deep dive. Um, And, you know, we had some other certifications before we dove in. So what you're saying lines up, um, the assured performance ones, and those are the main ones. Yeah. And so also the Lexus. We've got the Lexus certification as well. And so what you're talking about with having the other ones kind of lay in the, the groundwork for, you know, pulling procedures and doing it the way the manufacturer says, that that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. So then next question. <laughs> so the EVs to work on and to work with is a completely different process than your traditional ICE vehicles, working with the dealerships. Now you're working with service centers, um, the process. You know, if you've got mechanical work, you know, I'm a mechanic in your shop. Typically, if you've got dealer work, you kick it to the dealer and they'll do the service. With Tesla, you got to do it. 
yourself and house. How'd that play out for you? So again, just talking about the investment and things that have been done here. So we've got our a full-scale mechanical department. We've got several guys that are working in there. Uh, multiple lifts, mountain balance machine. We've got the scan tools and alignment uh, rack. And so, you know, just talking about process and that investment, we, as part of our process, we bring every car in through mechanical first. And we're, we're doing as much as checking tire pressure and tread depth, uh, recording that. It's going in the file and measuring before it goes through repair plan. Awesome. Okay. Yes. And so there's a lot of stuff that we're doing before the car comes in for disassembly, just talking about process. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I feel like we do as a strong suit and a differentiator is all of the pre-repair checks that are happening. And then on the other side of that, we're doing our own like post-repair inspections oh, inside um, going back through mechanical. We've got some post-measuring that we do as well. And so, so yes, there's a lot of processes and, you know, we could talk about a bunch of those. Um, <laughs> battery charging and battery maintenance is another big thing. Uh, there's another, you know, probably 20 or some thousand dollars worth of investment in chargers just um, so that we can keep the batteries up. I would submit that if anybody's not familiar, a... A car battery, it's going to drain similar to a cell phone battery, whether you're using it or not. Obviously, if you're not using it, it drains slower, uh, but it still drains nonetheless. And one of the things that's super nice about working on these cars is that we can give the car back to the customer fully charged. Um, and just thinking about, you know, in the traditional realm, like if you gave the customer their car back and it was full of gas every single time, that would be, that'd be a big deal, right? I love that. So, so that's, yeah. Um, Tesla, for example, they, they send push reports every day. And so you know which cars need to be charged if you don't have a process in place for that. And so that's another thing where it's helpful. Um, and it's something if, you know, my buddy Jake at Lucid is listening to this down the road, maybe Lucid can put together a push report and. <laughs> <laughs> and it would save us from checking every single one every day. That's um, thing. I've so, not heard that before. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah, it's all the little things that you got to think about that, because you don't know what you don't know. So people that are thinking... So what I find interesting is a lot of shops are repairing... Not a lot of shops, but especially like Southern California, where you've got more... EVs and even other areas that don't have a lot of EVs, they're fixing these EVs even without being certified because there may not be a certified shop locally, or they're just taking it kind of wherever, not really realizing certified shop would be best. It's interesting though because oftentimes a shop doesn't really know what it's getting into until you until you start in on it. That is definitely true. <laughs> How many Teslas are you getting from other shops that are like, we thought we could handle this, but no, here you go. I'm not certain about the Teslas that show up like that, but I know <laughs> that we've had two Lucid cars that went to another body shop. And because they restrict parts purchases, that shop was like, hey, sorry, we can't fix that car for you, Mr. Jones. Got to go to a Lucid shop. I and so... So the parts restrictions 
is something where it's been a big advantage. Um, and Tesla's got some parts restrictions, but not not all of them. Right, right. So, I mean, a shop could potentially buy a bumper cover or a headlight or a molding or something along those lines. But if you're talking about welding or rivets or anything of that nature, panel bond, then that's a different game. They restrict those parts. Right. Well, it's interesting because there are a lot of shops that are like, oh my gosh, the EVs are such a nightmare uh, when it comes to parts, since we're talking about parts, and the process, the way that they like things done, it's like they're they're just the last things that a lot of shops want to deal with. So it's interesting when I have somebody like you that's like, we only want the EVs. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is, it's very, very different to not be able to just run down the street to the dealership and pick up the, the part that we need. Um right. So, you know, we're sending the order to the manufacturer by their website and, you know, it it arrives when it arrives. Most of them have got some pretty good logistics. And so it's it's decent turnaround time on getting them. But it is a very different thing from being able to just run down the street to the dealership and pick up something if you need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I would just submit is that, you know, it's important to have a good relationship with your local service center. For example, there is a Tesla service center here in Orlando, and we've got great relationships with the folks over there. There have been, you know, some instances where it was like, hey, do you guys have this bracket? We need this bracket. And they did, and they were willing to sell it to us. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not in the business of selling parts to other folks like that. And so, because we have a good relationship and, you know, we work together so closely, they're willing to do that. So yes. it's a big deal. Yes. Interesting. How are you guys dealing with, and I'm asking this question on behalf of a lot of the frustrated shops out there that yes, thinking I might want to go EV, fully EV, but the parts thing is such a pain. And I'm not trying to trash talk anybody, but the point is there are issues when it comes to parts with Tesla and we all know it. So how are you dealing with that with the customer to keep that? Because typically the customer is unhappy and a lot of this is out of your control as the shop. So how are you guys handling that? Because obviously you've got it pretty figured out to want to just fully go into this. What does that look yes, like ma'am. for you? So, I mean, you know, there's some difficult conversations that we have to have and at the end of the day, for us, we cannot fix the car without the parts that we need, right? And so until they're delivered to us, I mean, sometimes it's it's challenging. Sometimes we're waiting for a while and that's difficult. And sometimes we don't have ETAs. And that's another thing where it's complicated. So it makes it to where giving like a promise date or an outdate is it's risky business. Yes. It's yeah, and then, and then if the customer is in like a rental, then mm-hmm. who's going to pay for that rental? Then you get into all of that. Do you guys have... Um, I'm sure you've thought about it. I'm not asking you anything that you guys haven't come up against. What does that look like? How does that conversation go with Mrs. Jones got to an accident, her left quarter panels on indefinite back order, and she's in a rental now for it's her third month. How does that conversation go, Steve? There's no simple answer. Maybe it's tough. It's it's not comfortable. Question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the honest answer is we just have to tell them the truth. And sometimes the truth 
is painful. And so honestly, I would submit to you that you know, these post-COVID years, I've been in situations where we were waiting for a Honda bumper cover for three months. And to me, like it is really hard to comprehend how that's possible, but that was a reality that we had to deal with and overcome. And another thing is, I mean, if you've got hailstorms around the country and like just limited supply, I mean, we're not the only ones that are fighting this battle and you know, we just take it one day at a time and one customer at a time and we tell them the truth and we try to be as empathetic and, you know, yeah. love them the best way that we can. Right. Um, right. Now there's a lot of, tell me about Lucent and Rivian because Lucent and Rivian aren't, uh, they're not, there's not as many on the road yet, obviously, compared mm-hmm. to Tesla. So what does that look like with those vehicles coming in? Are you seeing like a ramp up in those in your area? Yes. Yes, we are. Um, So with Rivian, we have more Rivians in the shop right now than even makes sense to me. Um, Really? Yes. Okay. And so because they restrict their parts and because it's a new brand and folks are not familiar with them, if somebody's got a cracked windshield in Tampa, they're probably, you know, going to drive an hour and a half to to us to get that windshield replaced. And the same with Lucid because there's not as many of them on the road. And I mean, both of these brands, you've got to make some pretty significant investments in tooling and training to get certified. And so, you know, every business is going to need to have some return on investment. So so they don't want to flood the market with shops necessarily and make it so like, you know, you spend a hundred grand to get certified and for what? (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. So we are seeing where customers, you know, come to us from Jacksonville, from Tampa, from Merritt Island. It's it's a wide net that we've cast, and we, you know, again, we welcome those jobs. We want those jobs. It's good for us. Are you offering tows for? Customers that are that far away, are they typically driving into you? What does that look like? Most of them are driving in or being towed. Um, I think about, you know, when my brother worked for Tesla some number of years ago, and he was telling me some stories of just the like outrageous customer support that they would um, do for their customers. Obviously, as they became larger and larger, that that gets harder and harder to do. Uh, but right, and so the lights just went out on me. I'm in this <laughs> motion motion detected <laughs> lights. Um, so right now, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have Lucid like they'll tow the car to us, like for the vehicle owner. Okay, um, okay. I haven't seen as much of that with Rivian, but I know that you know they're they're doing as much as they can for their customers. Now, another question. Hopefully- there's probably stuff that you want to say and you're like, well, I'll never get to it because she won't stop answering. answering. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm grateful that you're asking questions because, it, you know, I'd rather have a conversation than just sit right. here and mock on. True, true. So I know a lot of shops that have Tesla specifically, they get a lot of damaged vehicles that are just coming off of production that are either in transit, they get damaged, mm-hmm. you know, what we would typically call like bot damage, transportation damage, uh, a little different with the EVs. Do you find that you're, you are there in Florida getting a lot of that? And then are you also seeing that with uh, Lucid and Rivian as well? 
it's a, it's a delicate question to answer, right? Um, but yes, we do fit and finish things for all three brands. And, you know, we're glad to do them. Um, again, the Tesla cars, they've got a second dealer actually that they opened up here just 10 minutes down the road from us that they're starting to ramp up. But yeah, those relationships are there. We're doing fit and finish things for them. And they've also got their own collision center here in the market. And I mean, that place is overrun also. So so they can't handle all of it. And yes. Uh, the Tesla collision centers, I know before when they were going to roll those out, they um, they didn't have like paint booths and things like that. Are they limited still? Or have they become more robust, you know? I haven't been inside of the one here in Orlando, but I I do know that they do insurance jobs, and mm-hmm. so they've they've got to be able they have to have the capacity to do it from start to finish. Right. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to interrupt this podcast for just one quick second because a lot of people wonder, Mickey, what is it that you even do <laughs> besides host a podcast? Well, I do marketing and really the biggest thing that I do is help you drive more traffic to your business and not even just more traffic, but consistent traffic to your business. As a former shop owner, I know how important that is. So if that's something you're interested in, or you just want to talk about marketing or developing your business in general, feel free to reach out. You can visit collisioncentermarketing.com. There's a calendar on there and you can just book a time that works for you and we'll set up a phone call. Or you can email or call me and my notes are down in the description of this episode. But I hope to hear from you. I'd love to help you build your business. But in the meantime, you better get back to this podcast because it's really good. So moving forward for you guys in the EV space, what is something that you guys are working on internally in your organization? Because you've taken on you know the three big boys right now of the EV world. We've got like the VinFast and we've got all these other little random brands. Out yes, there's coming. Yes, that's right. Um, so what are the next steps for you guys? What are you working on or trying to dial in right now besides this massive expansion? So like this is less related to electric vehicles and more just how we're doing business. So we, you know, it's not necessarily a lean collision center, but we've got a lot of lean ideas in what we're doing. And so, you know, in the spirit of continuous improvement, we're always looking at the processes and what we're doing and how the cars are changing or evolving and what can we do different and what can we do better um, just an example, just an example that I can submit to you is uh, we came up with another, like another form uh, for our repair planners. It's called the repair plan success form. Okay. And it's essentially, you know, a checklist for them. It's like, have we identified all of the not necessarily collision related concerns on this vehicle? Whether that means that we've identified them as pre-existing damage that we're not doing anything with, or if we're blending on a hood, what are we doing about these rock chips? If we called the customer and explained to them what that's going to mean and look like when we're finished, if we don't address them. And so those kinds of things, um, making sure our rates are in line and making sure that the procedures have been pulled and followed. And so... Like that would just be one example of how we're trying to 
continuously improve and look at ourselves internally. Going back to the parts and the challenges and the waiting, it makes it super, super important that you have a very accurate repair plan. And so we put a tremendous emphasis on the front of the line so that when the car is going through the the process, because I mean, most folks can attest, I'm sure you can as well. You can fix the car very quickly as long as you have everything that you need, right? And so it's that that repair plan where a defect is passed downstream and we missed the bracket or we ordered the wrong one that that really blows it up when you're in reassembly and it's like we could send this car home in the next day or two and then this bracket that was missed is going to be two or three weeks out. Those are the kinds of things that are like frankly unacceptable and the customer doesn't really have... I mean, there's only so much grace, right? Right, exactly. And so, again, we put a tremendous emphasis on the front of the line in our repair plan. We've got, we actually do central review. And that is not for the sake of how can we cut here and did we make sure that we had every, you know, thing that's for insurance compliance, uh, because we actually do not have any DRPs. Uh, we do central review to make sure that the procedures have been followed. If it's calling for 35 rivets on this quarter panel, that we're billing for 35 rivets and buying them um, and so on. So we had just an example. I mean, I know this is not an electric vehicle, but we've got a 23 or a 24 Kia Telluride in the shop right now. It needs an A-pillar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the outer that's damaged. We pulled the Kia procedures and it says that you got to do the inner if you do the outer. And it's uh, like, this doesn't make any sense. And you have to do the roof in order to do the inner. Oh, so, wow. you know, we submitted that to iCard to, for them to submit it to Kia. That thing's getting escalated. But I mean, those are the examples of the emphasis that we're putting on repair plan to make sure that we're not sending something downstream that's got a defect. Right, right. I wonder if the DEG, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they could be a good resource yes. for you also. Yeah. Uh, so Absolutely. As you're not, so you're not going to repair anything unless you have all the parts, everything's accounted for, then it goes in production. You do all the, all the disassembly, identify everything. Once you have all of the pieces, parts, everything's accounted for, double, triple checked, parts matching, all that kind of fun stuff, then it goes into production. Not we actually we actually do that. It's it's a case by case basis. There are some where you know Mr. Jones is going to be upset if you don't fix this quarter panel now because you're waiting for a bracket or some clips, right? So there are certain circumstances where you know we know that before the repair process is finished that. You know, we can do everything except put the bumper cover on. We can keep it safe and wrapped up and secure. And we'll put the bumper on when the bracket arrives. So it's not 100% where we're we're saying we don't introduce the car to production if we don't have everything. Right. Well, it's interesting, too. It just made me think of something. How I'm sure it's the same for Lucid and Ruvian. I'm just, I know a lot about Tesla. We have a local Tesla service center that I did a lot of work with. And so I was exposed to a lot. And uh, working with shops that work with Teslas, I know that they know when you're driving their vehicle. They know when you've moved it, how fast you're going. All these things that some shops don't know about until they do. Because (laughs) the customer's calling 
and you were just racing their car down the street to get quick back over to wherever the heck, you know, you were moving it from one place to another and somebody gunned it and they're alerted. And what kind of fun learning curve did you have with that? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, there's been several. We've had a few Rivian owners that called us and were like, hey, you know, there's a lot of toll roads here in Florida. And so, hey, you know, you guys have my truck. You just went through these tolls. What's going on with that? And, you know, we've had to call over to the Rivian Service Center and ask, hey, what's going on? The customer just called. They're saying this and that. And they're like, yeah, of course. We had to do a test drive after we did X, Y, and Z. And so, like, we've had a couple of those. We've had that with Tesla as well. Um, but I would submit, I mean, we're doing a test drive on every single job. There's too many cameras, too much ADOS. There's too many electronics for us to give the car back without having the certainty and the confidence that everything is functioning properly. Yeah. And so we do a test drive on every vehicle. Yeah. And that actually leads me to one of my questions is how are you handling the ADOS component or ADOS? Everybody's got, it's like tomato, tomato. ADAS, <laughs> yeah. ADAS what are you doing? How are you guys handling that? Do you have a calibration center in-house or what does that look like? We are doing as much of that in-house as possible. Um, we've got the Lexus targets. Like I said, we're Lexus certified. You know, a lot of the Tesla stuff happens. They don't need the calibrations the same way the other vehicles. Um, we were actually meeting with our regional manager yesterday, and he was talking about how Tesla has like a brain essentially, and as it learns, it you know is sending over the air updates and whatnot. So those calibrations are, are lesser on the Teslas. The Lucid and the Rivian, they've got a very nice breakdown of if this, then that scenarios where, you know, we're referencing that. And with Lucid, if you take the front bumper cover off, then you have to calibrate the LiDAR. And so that's a good example. So we've got the Lucid targets. We're doing those in-house. We actually have a local Lucid mobile technician that, you know, relationships um, we're friendly with. And so if we get hung up or if we're stuck we're like hey we need some help can you come through and he's like i'll be there tomorrow so that's that's phenomenal yeah that being said there's there's some where you know the software updates haven't come through and just to answer your question uh, the most holistic way um we are referencing the adas requirements on every job and repair plan so that we know what's required before it goes into production. And if we're not able to do it ourselves, then we'll sublet it out to the dealership for them to do it. It's been interesting there. We actually had an example today where mm -hmm. the dealer is like, hey, there's no DTCs, there's no codes, like everything's good to go. And we're like, well, did you do the calibration? They're like, no, it doesn't need one. We're oh, like, yes, actually, yes, know. actually it does. <laughs> Um, and so it's an interesting thing where, you know, we're telling, like, you think of the dealer as the manufacturer, we're telling the manufacturer, this is what your car needs. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, that's a very, that's a very interesting thing. So okay. like today it was like, well, this is what happened. And this is why we took the bumper cover off. We unplugged the mirror. So that side looking camera in the mirror needs to be calibrated. And the front radar, you know, the cruise control and all these other systems and functions are connected to that needs to be calibrated as well because the bumper came off and that was unplugged. So right. they're like, oh, and so it, it is it is funny because the car doesn't tell you it needs to be calibrated. Uh, yes. 
And, and I so, think that's what everybody's hoping for. They want the blinking light in the dash. It would know? be helpful. It would be very helpful. <laughs> yes. You would think for as smart as these things are, we could get a blinking light of some kind, you know? Um, Certainly. And so just while we're on the topic, I want to give a <laughs> shout out because I had some questions that I was trying to... Like I was struggling with something. And as a result of listening to Walt Silman on your podcast, I... Um, you know, I made a post, he reached out, we had a phone call. He's like, Hey, bud, let me tell you about this inside of all data. You got this eight ass cheat sheet. And man, I've referenced that eight ass cheat sheet every day since then. Wow. That's awesome. And so like one of the ways where it's like Mickey, when I say that you're making a difference, that's made a difference for me personally here as a result of, you know, establishing that connection from your show. Yeah. Oh, and Walt's such a great guy. You know what's so cool is doing what I do. I get to talk to so many people and it's really neat to see how many people genuinely want to help others. Like as competitive as things can be, uh, (laughs) so many that are like, yeah, I'll absolutely help you 100%. And they really are sincere about it. And I, I really love that. I really appreciate it. So Mickey, like, uh, just, you know, I've listened to the generations talk. I'm going to have to send you a text on who gave that talk. But, uh, you know, when I think about collision repair, I'm third generation in this industry. And so I've heard a lot of stories about how it used to be and how it was cutthroat and just disjointed and people were not organized and everything. And I would submit to you that like our generation, I think you're around the same age as me. Like, let's... Let's be that change. Look, it's right? way better to be connected and holding hands and moving forward than it is to the opposite. It's so much better. Yeah. And yeah. so like we can be good and stay in our own lane without that getting in your way. Yes. We can all be good. Because at the end of the day, it's the customer and their family that we're putting in a view. Absolutely. For sure. Forget about that. And for sure. And then, that I would, priority, then it all falls into play, I think. It should. <laughs> absolutely. I would say the customer is served by an industry that's, you know, doing well and moving forward and united. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So everybody now can go check out the, the ADA cheat sheet and all data. <laughs> I love that. Right. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So if, if, for some reason, there's a shop right now that's thinking, I, I think we want to go this direction. And just so, to clarify, Windermere Collision Center, they repair all makes and models for the most part. They're specialized. They have other certifications and they moved into the specialized EV space. Uh, so for shops that are thinking they want to push into that more, first, if they're not EV certified at all, what would be something you would recommend they think about before moving into that space? Hmm, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> You're like, see, this is why I texted you yesterday. Steven. Right, right, yeah. Oh, like, how do you prep for this? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I would submit that, you know, whether you like it or not, the the wave of the electric vehicles is coming. It's coming. And so like for us, we're just on the cutting edge and more and more people are going to come in line as time goes on. And so for the folks that, you know, there's... My father's been a consultant in collision repair for many years and he's talking about this bell graph with the early adapters and then the you know, early majority, and then the the bulk of the people that are, you know, normal people. 
And then you've got the ones that are like on the other side of the bell graph that it's like once that everybody has gone there, then I'll go there. And so I, I see the EV collision space in that light. I mean, we're, we're going to have more and more EVs on the road as time goes on. I hope that we always have the ICE vehicles. Yeah. Um, there's something about that roar and squealing the tires and everything. It's fantastic. Um, but the world is moving that way. And so right now, it's a pretty profitable thing to do as it becomes more and more common and less folks are you know, feeling like they're afraid to work on them, then that's it probably won't be as profitable as it is today. Yeah. Um, but right now, because it's a supply and demand thing because the demand is great and the supply is low, the price is naturally higher. Right. Well, and something to think about too for shops is look at your area and the types of vehicles. Like if we're talking about certification of any kind, some shops are like, I want to get certified in everything. It's like, okay, well, why don't you look and see what you're working on? What are the factors you're doing work with? If you're in an area that doesn't have many Teslas, probably not the best place for you to start. (laughs) That is a very good point. So I moved here from just outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And, you know, three years ago, there it was like, oh, look, there's a Tesla. (laughs) Oh, cool. You don't see those every day. And then I come here and it's like, if if I don't see like 100 Teslas on the way home, it's weird, right? Um, And so just going back, like every paint company has a tremendous amount of data. And like you said, figure out what's in your market. If the market share for the electrics is is growing and the competition is low, then that might be a really good opportunity. Yeah. If you're, I mean, you know, I, I haven't been in Nebraska for a number of years, but if you're in Nebraska and I've got some buddies that have some shops out there, so that's why I bring it up. Like, I don't know how many Teslas are in Nebraska, but if there's not a bunch, then maybe that's not the right call today. Right. But I like that. I think that's a good point. A good point that I had forgotten about is your paint company can be a great resource to give you data, certainly. overall general data. They're so good about that kind of thing. Certainly. We've, we've, got, we've got some other certifications that we're pursuing at the moment. And so we sat down with uh, our folks, with John Shoemaker. Oh, uh, love Yeah, we were crunching the numbers and looking at the data and seeing like, okay, well, there's this many of that particular vehicle in this area code and this, you know, where we're at is fortunately the greatest percentage of luxury vehicles, which is, you know, we're looking for EV and luxury vehicles. Like where we're at, we're in a good spot for that. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking uh, because, you know, Tesla, Rivian, Lucid, they only make EVs, but you also Mm -hmm. have, you know, like you're saying, your Lexus Lexus authorized um, repair facility. Yes, but they, and they, they have EVs, the Lexus Mm -hmm. EVs. And then we've got the Rover and the Jaguars, they've got EVs. And so everybody's rolling out with them, the Mercedes, the Audis. So you don't have to go to Tesla, Rivian, or Lucid or... Correct. I, I could pronounce it, and uh, you've been passing all the things to be to be EV. Like you're gonna start getting more and more EVs in your drive. So the, those that are even certified, you're kind of looking at EVs coming your way, one way or That's another. One way or another, it's coming. Yes. So so manufacturer wise, you know, you could go after the Mercedes, the Audis, whatnot, and still remain. I think, you know, really, because EVs do have to be repaired differently. And I do think 
what you brought up in the beginning of the conversation is something that everybody should know. It's having your processes in mm-hmm. place. Even if you're not EV-centric, having your processes in place for any business and really dialing those in is going to help you be able to scale and be so much more efficient, better, less hiccups, less issues. I'm sure the amount of cars that probably come back, have to go back into production now is far less than before, I would imagine, based off of your processes. Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, again, like you said, for any business, that's very important. It's something that, you know, we pride ourselves in our processes and being a process-driven shop. And, you know, frankly, it's operates as a North Star. And like, you know, you're this is where we're going. So um, when there's questions or when there's a call to be made, it's always fall back on the process. Like, was it followed? If there was a deviation, why? Root cause analysis and do your problem solving. But yeah, I would submit that, you know, the tighter that any business is on their process, the better time that they're going to have. And frankly, they're going to provide a better outcome for their customer the closer they follow their, their processes. True. And be able to maintain a higher profit margin on the jobs. You're having to redo stuff and walk <laughs> yeah, your production sure. back up so you make the owner happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you being so transparent and letting me just fire random questions at you. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. It's hard to believe that it's gone so long. It, I, I always hear you say we could go on and on and keep talking. And I feel that way right now as well. So I get yeah, it. See? Now you know what I'm talking about. We got to land this plane though. <laughs> when you're on a roll, sometimes it's hard to put the brakes on. Well, before sure. we wrap it up, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to mention? Absolutely. So I do want to say that the team of people that we've got here like, is just head and shoulders above what I'm accustomed to. Um, we've got a fantastic team. We've overcome some challenges together. You know, we've rode some difficult waves. We've had our peaks and valleys in the time that I've been here. And the team of people that I work with is just, it's its really an honor. And I'm very, very grateful. Additionally, the, the owner of this business is, if he's not the best leader that I've ever experienced professionally, it, 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 I don't know who is. And so, so I just want to give a shout out and a kudos to my team. I anticipate that. Like we've been talking about this. I know they're all going to listen to it. And I didn't want to let the opportunity slip to, you know, give them credit. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, and we help uh, Windermere Collision. My team gets to help Windermere Collision's team with marketing. And uh, I agree, you have an excellent team. I'm grateful to be able to work with you guys. You're you're an awesome, awesome shop. You got a great team there. Super tight-knit and um, really support each other, which is a beautiful thing. Everybody's genuinely interested, genuinely wants to do better, be better. And it's so cool. It's really cool. You're really... Awesome. Sure. And the last, the last thing I would submit is just, you know, one of the things that we do also is, uh, you know, we we take care of each other, right? So there's there's high accountability. You know, there's a lot of difficult conversations, but it it's way better to have high accountability in those difficult conversations. And this is where we're going, and this is why. Than it is to let things slide and let stuff go, um, because you get you get more of that. So yeah, I could keep I could keep going. I'm gonna try and land this plane with you. So uh, I think I think that's what I got. You got the buy-in with you from your people. 
You're Absolutely. all together. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and it takes a while to build that culture, to build that team and having good leaders like the owner, like you, you know, your production manager, your office manager, like, you know, the leaders, they, you guys steer the ship and you're doing an excellent job. So kudos to you also. Absolutely. It's really cool to be a part thank of. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you all for listening to this episode of Body Banging. I know you loved it. I super enjoyed it. I'm going to put Steve's information in the show notes. So if you want to throw him some questions, if you're thinking about pushing into this segment a little bit more, you can shoot him an email, touch base with him. And uh, I appreciate you, Steve, for taking the time to come on and chat with me. I'm glad we made it finally happen. Yeah, I'm glad too. And thank you for being gracious with me as well. No worries. No worries. Well, we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We have some incredible topics and guests coming your way you will not want to miss. If you are watching on YouTube and don't want to miss the latest and greatest, you'll want to hit the bell after subscribing so you will get a pop-up each time a video podcast goes live. To our devoted fans, would you mind paying it forward and sharing this little gem with someone else you think may benefit from it? Much love from all of us here at Body Bangin', all things Autobody.